Amen. Hey. All right, who wants to show off your memorization skills? John 10, 10. If no buckets still kill and destroy, I come to give you life more than something. Pretty close. Pretty close. Next. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I hope this week has been at least. I've hoped and prayed that it would kind of be a shock to our senses that we'll just be drawn into an awareness that uh, some days we just go through life as if there is no adversary when what the Bible says about our adversary is quite disturbing. And, uh, so hopefully just uh, all we've tried to do this week is just share with you what the Bible says um, and in hopes that it will stick with us and encourage our hearts but also equip us. And so that brings us to uh, the last night tonight in our attempts to finish on what those uh, Christian, what, what a Christian is to do against the enemy. And uh, then lastly tonight we look at what happens to the devil in the end. So we went over the origin of Satan and the things that he's done and the things he's doing and we're now looking at what is the Christian to do. We started last night with uh, the first one from James chapter number 4 and uh, said, number one, we need to be submitted. So the Christian, if we're to battle the enemy, you bring it, they, that's empty. Oh. I like mine full when they bring dishes, you know. Which reminds me. You bow with us as we pray. Lord, thank you for the privilege to be here tonight and for all these good folks that have sacrificed their time and their effort to be here. Folks, God, that you speak. We're trusting in you to speak, the unction of that speech. We pray that we touch our hearts and help us as your children, God, to take these truths, apply them to our lives, and live in a way that's meaningful and brings glory to Christ. Forgive us where we failed. Desperate for you, we're of little strength. We ask for your help. We pray, God, in all of this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What is a Christian to do? James said, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. Now, for the child of God, it shouldn't be a foreign concept that we need to be right with God if we're going to have any chance of defending ourselves or even on the offense uh, taking the battle to our enemy it will begin with you and I submitting ourselves to God and getting right with it. Now, there is compromise in in many and I recognize that, that people try to cut the corners and uh, somehow or another just do it their way. But there's no remedy, there's no uh, substitute for this. There's not something that you can place into the spot of what God requires, which is holiness. Uh, I was sharing with Brother Billy while uh, we were eating a second ago. God shared, showed me a verse today, and it just kind of stuck with my heart. Uh, it comes from 2 Timothy 2.19. If somebody wants to look that one up, I don't know if I can remember it all, but it said, uh, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure." Having his seal, that the Lord knoweth them that are his. But that ain't the end of the verse. Right? That, that's the part of the verse we hear quoted most often. 
and this is part of the verse we hear uh, preached on, that ain't the end of the verse. And then he said, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Amen. Amen. So there's a call to holiness Mm -hmm. among the body of Christ today. And you'll find that laced throughout all the text of Scripture. You're going to find a call for the people of God to live right. Um, I was, I heard uh, Brother Chris Worley preached the other night at, at Harmony, and he said something about a fellow that I used to listen to years ago, and I haven't much in the past, but um, anybody ever heard Robbie Zacharias? Yes. Um, as, as far as an, an apolog, apologist for the for the gospel and the tenets of scripture, I, you know, what a mind. Yeah. What a mind. I, I just stood just amazed at, at how he, he he could break scripture down and how he could share it and in such ways that just just kept me bumper. Right? I just I love to, to hear him answer questions and things like that and have listened to him over the last forty years. He's dead. And now they're finding out all this stuff about him, all this sexual misconduct. And I'm thinking, the Bible said to let everyone that named this name, right? If you're if you claim to be a Christian, if you have been born again, and you're certain of that truth, then you're you have been baptized, making a public statement to this world that you have died out to sin and been raised in the newness of life. You've joined a church, which means you made a covenant. You've made some promises to a body of believers that publicly you're going to keep them promises and you're going to support that church and you're going to love Christ and worship Him through that body. And yet, we have very little said about how important it is for us to be holy. And yet what we find that that the Apostle James said was, look, if, if if you want any chance at all of winning the battle against the enemy, and what I want to say to you today is you have every right and privilege and equipment necessary to win. Yeah, right. Yeah. There is no excuse for us to lose a battle to this foe. Amen. Right? And, and hopefully you'll see that before we're done here. But it begins with submitting ourselves. Right? Look, if you can't even start off right, don't expect <coughs> to finish right. Amen. Amen. It's not going to work out. And if holiness just ain't your cup of tea, here's what I'm going to tell you. You ain't going to make this battle very well. You've got to be right with God. And that means you do it His way, not your way. Mm -hmm. You've got to live opposite of what the enemy did, which was driven by his own pride, where he said, I will, in in every circumstance, God cast him out of heaven, cast him to the earth. And friend, one of these days, you're going to cast him into hell. Now, I'm making a public statement, and have ever since I got born again, that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. The Spirit of God dwells within me, and He is holy, a thousand percent holy, and He lives inside of me, and He's made it clear that greater is He that's in me than He that's Amen. in the world. Amen. What's Amen. your problem? Right? I'm going to tell you, it's your flesh. For he who walks after the flesh will mind the things of the flesh. Amen. But he that walks after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So number one is we need to submit. So as the people of God, what are we to do? What are the Christians to do? 
to win this battle against the enemy. Number one, be submitted. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Right? That wasn't that wasn't a questionable statement. He gave it as a matter of fact. Here's what you do: you submit yourself unto God, drawn unto God. He'll draw unto you. But submit yourself, therefore, unto God, and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Anybody glad? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's handy right there. Yeah. Right? I don't know what you're looking for, but listen, if you need bullets for your gun, that's one of them right there. That's one of those scriptures that we need to commit to memory and have as one of our life verses that, that we wake up every day and remind ourselves, I have a responsibility to be who I'm supposed to be. Submit yourself, therefore, God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Number two. Number one, to be submitted. Number two, be careful. Be careful. The problem with most folks today, or at least many, is that when it comes to sin, they just ain't very careful. Right? They'll wander right into situations that if they had their eyes open, they'd say, I don't need to be there. I don't need to hear that. I don't need to look at that. And they and and if they're sober and vigilant, you see, careful about how they live and about the circumstances and environment around them. I realize that there's some things that we can't control, but listen, most of it we can. There are off buttons on about everything that you're going to mess around with, and if you'll be more careful about what it is that, that, that is out there, those temptations, those things that appeal to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, if we'll be careful about them, then you'll find that, that half the battle is won if we're just sober. If we're just vigilant, let me read the scripture. First Peter chapter number five, verse eight, and verse number nine. The apostle said, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour." But then he said, "This whom resist." steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, what does it mean to be sober spiritually? Well, oftentimes, if you're trying to get to the root of a word and you want to know the context of it and how it's used, take the opposite. Right? If, you don't, if you can't grab the one side, go to the other. And, it, and at least, in your own mind, establish what it don't mean. Alright? So, in, in today's environment, if you say somebody's sober, then you think, well, they're not drunk. Okay? So that gives me at least a little bearing to understand what is he talking about. Now, I, I'm not going to say drunk in the spirit because I, that's a different concept altogether. And, and I don't know that drunk's even the right word when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's more like plugged in, right? Electrified. I mean, you just something... That, when it manifests itself like the Holy Ghost of God in you, it comes out in all kinds of ways. But it don't necessarily, to me, when, when somebody's filled with the Holy Spirit of God, they don't stagger around and, yeah. and are Amen. incoherent. Amen. Right. right? Somebody that's really, really drunk is, is incoherent. Yes, they're just right. not Amen. really there. And and what the apostle, I believe, is trying to get him to understand is, look, you can't you can't stagger around and expect to win this battle. Right? If you are incoherently trying to fight the devil, he's going to take you down. Amen. Amen. You better be sober spiritually. 
That means to have both your ears open, both your eyes open, and your Bible open while you pray unto a God with a heart that's able to help you with these things. Amen. Now, we've all been there, right? We have all been there where we where we, we look around and we say, how did I get there? How did I do that? Where did that come from? Did I say that? Don't look at me like that, you've all right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. And you know why it happens? It's because there are times in our lives we were, where we are simply <clears throat> incoherent spiritually. We're not with it. We're, we're, our, our mind is all locked up with the things of this world. And spiritually, we are impaired. Amen. When they write somebody for driving under the influence, right? what they say specifically is that their abilities are impaired. Mm-hmm. What Peter's saying is, look here, if, if you think you're going to have it out with the devil in an impaired spiritual condition, it's not, I'm just telling you, it ain't going to work out right. for you. You're not going to be happy with the result of this because here's what I know. Spiritually... Mentally, everything else, whatever capacity that we have to war a good warfare against this enemy, we're going to need to engage in all of those things. Yes, sir. If you are spiritually impaired, now, what can make us spiritually impaired? Anybody want to throw something out? Not reading the Bible. Not reading your Bible? Absolutely. Right? That's like having both hands behind your back handcuffed. Right? Come on, I'll take you down. No, you're going down. If you ain't reading your Bible, guess what you don't have? You don't have the very thing that'll run him on. Amen. Amen. And yet, we spiritually impair ourselves by getting drunk on the stuff of this world. I'm not talking about booze. I'm talking about everything else that afflicts your human mind and distracts you from the, from the very things that you need to most. I challenged I challenged all of us earlier, and, and I meant what I said. I wasn't just in jest here. But if you memorized one verse a week, in 52 weeks you'd have 52 verses. In 10 years you'd have 520. You say, that's impossible. No, it ain't. No, that's within the boundary of reasonable. Don't look at me like that. Yeah. Reasonable duty. I'd say if we really asked the one who matters most, he'd probably say, I bet you could do more than one. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, preacher, I just ain't got that kind of mind. Don't hand that to me. You got a mind problem? Talk to the man that made yours. That's right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I guarantee you, you get honest with him and say, I need a little help with this thing. Guess who can help you? Right. You can absolutely count on that. As a matter of fact, he said, hey, let any man that lacks wisdom ask of God. He'll give it to him liberally. Liberally. God will just pour it out on you. But you know what he's wanting? He's wanting you to care. He's wanting you to ask. He's wanting you to seek him. And if you do, he said, I'll give it to him liberally. I won't upbraid. I won't hold back. I won't leave that. I'm going to pour it on you. you know, no, the problem is you don't want it. Well, there you go. Getting, 
getting in your face again. The problem is you don't care. That's right. Yeah. Amen. That's right. How come? Because you're happy being spiritually impaired. But Peter said, you need to be so, you need to get it together. You need to clean up those things that spiritually darken your, your, your mind, your heart. You need, to get, you need to get excited about what, what has brought light into your dark soul and let it clean out the cobwebs of your mind and start creating within you <coughs> your zeal for God. Be sober. But he also said concerning that zeal that we need to be vigilant. Mm -hmm. We need to be vigilant. This is a pretty simple analogy, but Teresa said to me the other day, she said, where do these ants come from? I said, I don't know. But when she found out there was a problem with the ants on the counter, Next thing I know, I hear rummaging around stuff. Next thing you know, she's got poison here and poison there and smacking and whapping. And you know what? Within two or three days, I didn't have seen no more ants. I don't know what you're looking for, but if you're looking for something different, you got to do something different. Amen. Amen. And in most cases, we're not spiritually vigilant. Which means you stick with it till it's done. You don't halfway do it. You don't halfway commit. You don't halfway read your Bible. Halfway pray to God. Halfway sing the hymns. Halfway come to church. You give it all you've got. Praise the Lord. Amen. 100%. You give Him everything you have. Amen. Now, it, it'd be different if my adversary was a five-year-old with a broke leg and missing an arm. But he ain't. Amen. I'm talking about spiritually, this is our Goliath. Amen. We cannot defeat him alone. We've already discussed that yesterday. But, but number two, we also have to be ready. The reason little David won that battle... Was because he came to the battle ready. Saul tried to impair him with all of his stuff. Saul tried to steal his own heart for God and vigilance for God through his own thoughts. And yet he remained sober and vigilant and walked right down into the valley, took what he came with, which God had prepared him with, which was which was a slain, and he, on the way he picked up ammunition, five smooth stones out of the brook, and he went and met a giant. And before it was over, he took the giant sword and cut his head off. Amen. Amen. Now, if you want to fight the devil and win, there's you a good story. Right? David fought the giant, he fought the devil, and he won but he was not spiritually impaired. When he walked up to the scene, he was not impaired spiritually. He said, who is this undefiled, uncircumcised Philistine that defy the armies of the living God? None. He would tuned up, ready to go. That's right. I don't know what them other cowards were, were doing, but they obviously weren't sober nor vigilant. 
Because the, the enemy was still bragging down there in the valley. We need to be submitted to God. And then when we resist the devil, he'll flee from us. But we also need to be sober and be vigilant. Okay? Both of those are important characteristics to a Christian that is set and ready to win against the enemy. Now, I don't know who paints the picture that we lose against the devil all the time. Right? Most of us believe lies, right? It's, it's not a little devil on this side and a little angel on this side. No, no, no. That's not how it works. It's like they'd have you believe that's the way it is. But it's no, it's way more different than that. Listen, the devil I'm talking about, he don't want you to know he's there. Subtlety is the opposite of somebody being on your shoulder that you can detect. He wants you to think it's you. He wants you to think you're the smart one. And then fall to the temptations that he brings your way. Be, sub be submitted unto God, which means, at least in that context, that we need to be holy. But we need to also be sober. We need to be careful. Next, we need to be strong. We need to be strong. Turn with us to Ephesians chapter number 6. The next three of these will come out of Ephesians 6. Uh, some of you know what's in Ephesians chapter number 6. But we're going to look at three different things that we'll pull from that particular text where the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesus church and, and basically gave them information concerning our enemy and our ability to win. Ephesians chapter number 6. I'll begin at verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All right, so number next, be strong. When we talk about being strong in the Lord, what does that mean? What does it mean to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind? Reading your Bible. Reading your Bible is obviously how we, how we get that strength. That certainly is a part of that strength. But I believe there's, there's more in that strength. There's the, the Bible is one component of it, but there are more things that make us truly strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Prayer. Absolutely. Prayer. And if you take the Bible and prayer, and then you add the Holy Spirit, which is in us, right? Greater is He that's in us. Right? There is the power to both of those, to the Bible and to the prayer. If the Holy Spirit is a part of that process, then suddenly you have got something that creates a dynamic that the enemy simply can't do much with. But think about it this way. When it comes to being strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind, one of the things I think is foremost in the way we get to this place is recognizing that it is that we are of little strength. Right? right? Sometimes we get all fouled up thinking, I won the last one. No. If you've beat the devil, you had a lot of help. Okay? You might have been there and you might have seen it happen. 
But ultimately, it was the power of His might that worked through us, in us, or for us to deliver a victory into our camp. What we can't do is walk into situations against the enemy thinking that somehow I am spiritually a giant or somehow I am capable of handling this on my own. He said, be strong. You be strong. That's the inference. You be strong in the Lord. Not in you. By the way, never in your preacher. That's right. Amen. Not in your mama, not in your daddy, not in mama, not in papa, right? None of these people are are the are the, the pivotal strength or, or source of energy that we need to see victory in our lives against the enemy. What we need is to be strong in the Lord. Now, it's already been said that your Bible, right, which I've already uh, accused most of you of not reading enough, right? And I didn't really hear anybody say, oh, but you don't know me. I read that thing all the time. No, we, we need to know more of the Bible. I mean, if asking you to memorize one verse a week shocked you, we've got a problem. Amen. We got a problem. And you say, what's the problem? Weakness. Yeah. We got a weakness problem. He didn't say be weak in the Lord. No, he said be strong. And how do you reckon you're going to be strong if number one, you don't take the word of God? Which according to the Apostle Paul says the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. What is it? Amen. The gospel. It. It has power of itself. They've tried to burn it out and stomp it out and kill it out and everything they could do to eradicate it. It's still here. It's still here. I had, I had two white-haired people pulled up in the parking lot. I, I knew they were coming. It wasn't a coincidence. But they pulled up out there and they gave me a hundred Bibles. I said, you did ask for King James Version. I said, I sure did. I said, great. That's what we brought you. What are they doing? What are them Gideons trying to do? What in the world do they believe? Running around all over the world. Hunting for every drawer that they can put something into. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Why do they do that? They're absolutely convinced that this is the power of God and salvation to everyone to believe. Amen. Now, what the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesus church was, he said, you need to be strong in the Lord. Anybody know strong Christians? I mean... Right. Ah, goodness gracious. I love this this church. There's, there's some strong Christians. Amen. They sure are. There's some praying people. There's some there's some some people that love the word of God. Right? I, I told Danny Buchanan, he came, he said, Well, I'm about preach myself to I said, I'll tell you right now, that flock will listen to it. Yeah. They love the word of God. I said, You can't preach them to death, they love the word of God. I 
love people that are strong mm-hmm. in the Lord. And when you think of somebody, right? Because you, you can think of them people that are, most, a lot of them are dead that I think about. Them, them saints of God that had such an impact and effect on my life as a, as a child and a young man and a young preacher. Some of them, some of them old white-haired men that used to preach and preach. And, and they lived lives that were powerful. And I remember it, it affected me as a, as a young man. And you know what? If, if you'd have said, you know anybody strong in the Lord, that's who, I, that's who I'd have pointed at. Yeah. I'd pointed at them old men and women that had been faithful unto God and, and faithful to His Word and, and had stood for it and were prayers. And, and all of those things had, had built in them, not that they were strong, but they were strong in Him. Amen. Not in myself, but in Him. He said to the church, I believe it's in Ephesus, in, in Revelations 4, so I can check me on that. But, but He said, I, I see your works and I notice that, I notice that thou hast little strength. But you see, to, to God, the fact that we have little strength is not the issue. No, it's the fact that we don't go to Him. Amen. He knows we have little strength. He knows every problem that Sammy Suttles has. And he's not surprised by it. He's not disappointed by it. He's not even discouraged by it. What he does want is for you to be strong in him. Right? Quit depending on yourself. It is not your intellect. It is not who you are, who your parents are. It is not where you came from or your status in life. None of these things make you strong in the Lord. Amen. We need some people that that when it comes to fighting the enemy, they know how to give him a good one too. Right? They know how to put him back on the road. They don't mess around with him. They submit themselves unto God, live holy lives. They are sober and vigilant, knowing that they have an adversary. They are ready for battle every day. And they also recognize the source of their strength is not them, but it is Him. And we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, because, he said, you have an adversary, which is the devil, is a roaring lion, walking about, seeking him to make battle. We know he's out there, and we know he's, he is vigilant. He is seeking those opportunities in our lives when he might affect or upset or tear down or, or kill, steal, or destroy us. Let me read verse number 12 again. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. If there is anything that steals the strength of a Christian, it is wasting your energy Fighting among yourselves. Amen. We do not wrestle against one another. Right? If, if you're around me any length of time, I'll end up saying something, or you'll end up saying something, that just don't go the way we thought it should. Right? Uh, it just, you must just, you may walk away and say, what? Well, I can't believe he said that. Yeah. <coughs> You know, if we're not if we're not careful, that's the very thing the enemy tries to do. Yeah. Amen. Is to create discord among the brethren. Yeah. Yeah. 
to try to set up things that we, we fall over against, right? We, we just fall out over some, some little old thing that don't mean nothing, doesn't matter. I mean, we, we've heard the stories of how churches, you know, are split because they couldn't agree on the carpet cup. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to talk about being strong in the Lord and the opposite of that, there's a good example. Listen, I would contend that, that we're not <coughs> as strong as we could be. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but he said, listen to what you do wrestle against. Principalities. You know what principalities are. Right? Those are those are governments, yeah. ruling bodies. Those are the ones who preside over you. Wait a minute. Are you saying that in the Bible it says that we actually have to fight against those that rule over us? Yes. The reason for this is because they're they're of the enemy. Now, I'm speaking generally here. Not every one of them is. But that's where he operates the most. Right? If he can control the principality, the ruling government, if he can control the Senate, if he can control the House, if he can control the legislation at the governor level, the, the state level, if he can control those things, guess what? He wins a lot of battles just by being in control of the laws themselves. Amen. Yes. Paul said, guess what? I need you to be fighting against that. Well, how in the world is Dustin Parks going to fight against the principalities of not just not just a county government, a state government, a national government? What about a world order? How are you going to fight against that? He said for you to. Don't raise your hand, but I'm going to ask the question, how many of us have fervently prayed for our principalities? Listen, I don't even think we're engaging in the right battles. We'd rather fight over the carpet. Or what the asphalt needs tomorrow. Or, or what kind of dumplings ought to really go in chicken. He said, I need you to be fighting against principalities. Right? Those are evil government bodies. You know what? I don't know who they all are. I don't really have to. (laughs) They all need our prayers. But according to the Word of God, that's where evil resides. Is in those positions of power. And that's where the devil wants to control it. Against powers. There are powers that even go beyond the legislative or the judicial. Those powers that we see as principalities that simply rule over us. There are countries that have dictators. They have kings or queens or things of other nature. And 
And what the Bible is saying is that, listen, any position of power can be a corrupt position. And we need to be mindful that it is those positions of power that the devil himself wants to control the most. I mean, get real. If, it, if it's between controlling the head of the United States or a pastor of a small flock on Six Mile, which one do you think he wants? He wants the rulers. Amen. He wants to own the rulers of the world. He said, we don't wrestle against one another. Come on, knuckleheads. We don't wrestle against one another. You're wasting your spiritual energies. No, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might that you might wrestle in a different arena. How about the one that prays for the principalities and the powers? And next he said, the rulers of the darkness of this world. Lastly, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, did you pick up on the four things that he told us we wrestle against? What was the common denominator to all four of those? Come on, step up somebody. High places. High places. Leaders. Leaders. They were rulers. And the very part in the Bible where he says that we need to be strong and in the power of his might, the very next thing he tells us to do is quit wasting your time on one another because that's not the battle. Your neighbor, the person you're sitting behind, the one that said something bad to you the other day, that's not the battle. Right? You need to get right with that person and get over it. Right? Amen. You need Praise to grow God. up and quit being a spiritual baby. You need to say, I'm sorry and I love you and get on with Amen. life, right? And that's what the Bible tells us to do in Matthew 18, by the way. That's right. Now, he gave you four things to wrestle against, and every one of them are things that we, we don't even know who's there most of the time. We don't even know who we're praying for. Yet every one of those things are the pinnacles of spiritual weakness. They are the highest positions of our land and our country and the world. Those are the ones that the devil wants to control 100%. As far as I'm concerned, he's got most of it. Yep, yep, yep. Amen. He's done a good job. Amen. He owns most of it. And as the prince of this world, that gives him extraordinary power. It is not unlimited. But it is extraordinary power. There's not a dollar he can't touch. That's right. There's not a society he can't reach. He owns the media. He owns the devices the media comes on. Listen, if we're going to be strong in the Lord, we better wake up and recognize that the battle is not against our neighbor. It is against the spiritual wickedness, the ungodly evil that is going on at the highest levels of order in the world. Be submitted to God. Be careful and be strong. Next, 
We need to be equipped. We need to be equipped. Verse number 13, Ephesians 6, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand, withstand, in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. He's just asking us to stand. Take a stand. If you're going to wrestle against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness of this world and against the spiritual wickedness in high places, he said, number one, get the whole armor of God on and then get stood up. The problem with the church in the most part is we're horizontal. We ain't vertical. Amen. Most people horizontal are snoring. We're not awake. Amen. It goes back to the sober, the spiritually impaired. They always hunt with sunshine because that's where they nap. Terrified of a storm, and yet that's where the strength comes. Amen. Amen. Take on the whole armor of God. We need to be equipped. And you might say, well, I, I don't know that I have all those components. Listen, you got them when you got saved. It was in the box. Right? When you got born again, you got the whole armor of God. Now, what he said was, is you need to put it on. The personal responsibility of that part of it lies at our step, not his. He has equipped us with every good thing we need to fight a good fight. The problem is, is we don't always put it on. Put on, he said, therefore, the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Right? You're going to have to be able to take a blow. You don't think you're going to get out of this unscathed, do you? You think for one minute that he's going to take it easy on you, Jeffrey? He, he's coming after you. You'll take some blows. But if you've got the whole armor of God on, you can withstand it. Amen. These people that get in this ring and knock one another out, right? I can't watch that stuff. Some of you get, I mean, you like that kind of thing. I, I see that and I think, you know, they, they like that. I mean, these they, guys are killing one another and they, they're having fun. But you know what it comes down to? Which one can take the most? That's what it comes down to. Which one's the toughest of the two? He said, listen, if you don't put on the whole armor of God, you're not going to be able to withstand the evil day. You're not going to be able to withstand the punches that he sends your way. They will turn you upside down. They will tear your world apart. But if you put on the whole armor of God, he said, you will be able to withstand any evil day. He gets specific next. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the blessed breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's the devil again. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
Now listen, go back through that list right there when you get a chance and you're doing your homework tonight because you just love the Word of God so much. When you go back there and you read this part, take a look at those things that He's given you. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if you join the United States military, that they don't say, did you get your teddy bear before you left the house? No. No, they take all that junk you brought with you and they say, just leave that in the room. Right? We're going to give you what to wear. We're going to give you how to, how yes, to do sir. this. We're going to tell you how to do that. We're going to give you your weapon. We're going to give you your shield. We're going to tell you what's coming. And we're going to train you for this battle. Yes, sir. You have everything you need. We are equipped. Be submitted. Be careful. Be strong. Be equipped. Now, it's one thing to have all of these components of good warfare, but if you don't put them on, right? I ain't sure what to tell you. You're rational people, right? You can figure this out. If you ain't got the helmet on, bam, right there. It was my fault. He gave me a helmet. There are things that He has given us and we must put them on. Be equipped. Be equipped. Alright. Number five. Be praying. <coughs> Ephesians 6, verse 18. Praying always. Now this is the very thing He said next. After He said in the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador of bonds. That therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. We need to be praying. There is not a strong Christian or will ever be identified as a strong Christian if they are not a strong prayer. If we're going to be strong in the Lord, prayer is a part of that process. Yes, sir. Equipping yourself every day, by the way, is a is simply an act of prayer. You want to get this? You want to get the suit on? Let me tell you how that goes. You begin in prayer. You get equipped through prayer. If you leave prayer out of this, you are not ready to fight. I can assure you, you're probably not spiritually dressed at all unless you've prayed. Amen. Amen. I believe that's the reason the psalmist said that he sought God early. He didn't wait till the end of the day. He went for him at the beginning. Because what he knew was is the power in that prayer would translate into everything else that happened that day. Be prayerful. Last one, be assured. Be assured. What's the Christian to do? Well, the one thing I want you to do is to walk away from here this week saying, I'm assured that everything I need, he's provided. Amen. That the devil, though he is a formidable foe, and I can't handle him on my own, that with Christ, I can do all things. Be assured. Let's look at Romans chapter number 16, verse number 20. Romans 16, verse number 20. I want you to listen to what he said here. This is a very simple statement that the Apostle Paul makes at the last of the book. 
the last of the letter to the Romans, he said this, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Does that sound like a man with a little confidence? Huh? I mean, I, I should be able to look you in the eye and say, Dustin, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. That's what Paul was saying to them. Listen, he said, if, if you'll mind God and do these things, he said, I fully expect you'll be on top of every battle that comes your way. Doesn't mean you ain't going to take a lick or two. But he said, you're going to be, you're going to be bruising him. He'll be under your feet shortly. That's confidence. We need to be assured that the things God has done to protect, preserve, and push us forward in this present world against the darkness that exists is able to win every battle. Not one, every single battle. Paul's statement was one of confidence for God's people. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. That's right. Amen. Sure. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Look at Romans chapter number 8 now, verse number 31. I'm just going to read this one quickly. But I love the hand out of this. This tells you just exactly what God has promised you and me. Here's what he said. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now that's a question mark, right? Read your Bible. Look at your King James Version. That is a question. He said, what should we say to these things? Should we say this question? If God be for us, who can be against us? Let's see if he answers that. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. So he answered the question for us, right? If you're going to, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Another question. It is God that justifieth. Here's another question. Who is he that condemneth? Well, it's Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Here's the next question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Listen, what's wrong with the Christian church today is all, they just full of questions. Paul said, come on, bring me all your questions. I got them. Let me give you some answers because I want you to be assured. Amen. Amen. I'm not serving a God with the little G. No, I'm serving the one with the big G. Who has all power. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Is God that justified? Who's he that condemneth? Well, it is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Next question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is that your question? Shall, shall tribulation? Right? Is that what you're worried about? What about distress? Are you worried persecution will separate you from the love of Christ? How about famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, he said, let me give you some Old Testament scripture. For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. No, 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 no. He said, no, no. Let me straighten you out on all this business. Nay, he said, nay. And all these things. All, how many? All these things. We have been made more conquerors. Sound like he's doing a little fighting here, doesn't he? Yeah. He went in some kind of battle. 
He said, in all these things, we've been made more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I, let's love this part, don't you? For I am persuaded. Listen, you need to be assured. Amen. Amen. You need to be locked down on this truth tonight as you leave that the devil ain't got nothing on you. That's right. He ain't. He don't have a power greater than your God. That's right. No, he said, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor, there's him again, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, Praise which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 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 Praise now, the Lord. I hope that answered your questions. <coughs> Because what Paul said, greater seed that's in me than he in the world. Period. That's it. Be assured. What's the Christian to do today in this dark world that we live in? Be submitted. Be careful. Be strong. We need to be equipped. We need to be praying. And we need to be assured. All right, let's look at what happens to the devil in the end. I'm going to look at this in three different ways as we close. We've got 22 minutes. I'm going to look at it in three different ways. Here's what's going to happen in the end. I'm going to look at what happens to the wicked people. I'm going to tell you what happens to the wicked angels. And I'm going to tell you what happens to the wicked devil. Those three. All right? And I'm going to read them right from the Scripture. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We will look at what happens to the wicked people. Those who are unbelievers. Those who die without Christ. Never believing. Never being born again. The wicked will die. All will die and will stand before God one day. Second Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. That's what he said. And to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So not only does he know how to deliver us, but he also knows how to reserve them to that day of Punishment. Matthew 25, verse 41. Then shall he all say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, and the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, we get a glimpse right there of what God has prepared for the devil. But you know, there's an Old Testament scripture, I'm struggling to remember where it's from, but there's an Old Testament scripture that tells us that hell hath enlarged herself. It enlarges itself daily. You know why it enlarges itself each day? It wasn't created for people. No, that's right. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. The only reason it enlarges every day is because there are more that have to go into it that it wasn't meant for. I love that, don't you? Hell enlarges itself every day to receive those that die without Christ. And friend, in the end, he's going to say to them on the left, Depart from me, ye cursed, into that everlasting fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. That's where you're going. The wicked are going to hell. Matthew 8, verse number 12. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 2 Peter again, chapter number 2 again, verse number 4 this time. 
and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, and cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness and to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, to save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. What's he saying? He's saying, if you think the flood was bad, if you think Sodom and Gomorrah was bad, there's something worse coming. He knows, he knows how to reserve the ungodly for the punishment and the darkness of that, that place where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Where all a man will seek is one drop of water and have no even no, not even the slightest of hopes that he'll ever get. In the pain and the torment of that place we cannot imagine. And yet so many people drop off into hell's flame every day. There is an end to the wicked of this world. There is also an end to the wicked angels. Book of Jude, verse number 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains, under darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. James chapter number 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gerzanese, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Just a reminder. The devils know exactly what their end will be. They know their fate. They just don't know the time. They don't know when. But there's a day reserved for the, for the removal of all demonic, angelic beings. And they'll be cast into that place that God has prepared for their punishment eternally. Lastly, the devil will be judged as well. Revelations chapter number 12. Revelations chapter number 12, verse number 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Revelations chapter 20 now. Revelations 20 verse number 1 through 3. 
This is awesome. Imagine what it would you can you imagine what it'd be like not to have a Bible? Here's what I know because I have a Bible. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key at the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old servant, which is the devil, and Satan. And bound him a thousand years. Came <coughs> into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him That's right. that he should deceive the nations no more. <coughs> a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Now, that, let me go back. Did you, did you note that it took one angel to do that? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming that was Gabriel, right? I mean, uh, Michael. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, you know, who knows? But whoever it was, he wasn't feared of the devil. <laughs> now he puts his hands on him. He locks him down, chains him up, puts him into that place, shuts it up, and he can't get out. How? I mean, he can't get he can't get out. He don't have a combination to that door. <laughs> Thousand years. I like that part where he says he shut him up. You know, you probably means he locked him and shut him down. But I like the part where he says shut, shut him up. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that. Amen. Because he shut him up too. That he would deceive the nations no more for a thousand years. Revelations chapter 20, verse 7 through 10, we finally get to the end. When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, God and Magog, to gather them together to battle. The number of whom is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city. Here's what happens. That fire came down from heaven. Fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anybody said, Preacher, how should I read the Bible? I say backwards. <laughs> Start the end, son. That makes the rest of it good. Ain't no suspense <laughs> Let's just read what happens to that bird in the end. Then all that other stuff takes a different point of view, don't it? He may have teeth now, but there'll be a day that God's going to put him in a place that he'll never come out of ever again. The only thing that keeps God coming from coming back now and this whole thing starting in the end, proceeding to to be executed is his long suffering to us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The only thing that keeps him from executing judgment on the wicked people, the wicked angels, and the wicked devil is his love for you, a sinner. 
His love for your soul is what keeps him from coming back. We've got ten minutes. We'll we'll take uh, questions here in a minute if we have any more time. But a reminder, and I hope that you'll take seriously the admonition to memorize the Word of God. I've given you a lot of different scriptures this week. Um, really, that's all we did was just followed along a trail of scripture concerning the devil from the beginning to the end. That's all we did was looked at what the Bible says about him. But John 10.10 said, The thief cometh not, which means he has no other purpose except to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now, if you're messing around with him, you're making a terrible mistake. Because he has no other intention. The devil does not have a good intention. There's no good intention. They're to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. There's no, there's no simple way to look at it except to say this. If the devil could destroy us now, he would. But I'm glad that in Christ my life is hid. It is not exposed to the enemy's terror or his throes. There's a hedge about me that was about Job. There's a protection that God provides just as a hen provides for her own chicks. I look under the hills from what's cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. We need to be all of those things that we're supposed to be. Submitting, careful, strong, prayerful. Even in the, in the hardest things of life, we need to recognize the importance of, of being truly committed to God. And let Him equip you. And then be assured that there is no evil that can come against us that hadn't filtered through the hand of God first. Now, I'm talking to the saints. But if you're sitting among us today and you're not one yet, Know this, He loves you and gave His Son to yeah, die for you. Yeah. He wants you to be saved. He yeah. wants you to know Him as your personal Savior. I'm not talking about religion. Amen. Uh, if, you, if, you never, if you never get to the place you settle on any religion, know this, Christ died for your soul and rose again from the dead. If you miss that, you're going to spend eternity with the devil. Amen. Amen. And His angels forever and ever. There'll be no remedy once you're in that place. There's no getting out. There's no return. There's no relief. There's no hope. There's no peace. There's nothing to satisfy the soul. Nothing but torment. Our minds can't comprehend forever and ever. We can't comprehend that. But know this. He sent his son that you could live. You've got an adversary, but we are not defeated. Be assured, all that God has equipped us Everything that he's given us is sufficient and more than sufficient. It is sufficient to get us through everything that we need from day to day. God has made promises to us throughout his word. These promises are active weaponry against our enemy. Cannot stand it. When we use the word of God against him, he'll do just what he did when he tempted Jesus. He'll flee. He can't stay around the word. I hope you'll commit yourself to learning more of it. Commit it to memory. 
Be disciplined. Put yourself in that place where you force yourself to remember the Word of God. It will be what rescues you over and over as you go forward. All right. I sure appreciate everybody that's come. What a blessing to my heart for everybody that's been here. You, most of you have just been like sponges. You've just been right there anxious for God to speak. And I pray that we walk away from uh, at least these four sessions with an encouragement that our enemy, though he's, he's big and terrifying, and he certainly has but evil intentions for us. He is nothing compared to our God. And we've already got the victory. Right? We, we read the back of the book for you. Yeah. You can be assured of how it ends. Yeah. We win. Yeah. We win. Yeah. Ain't no reason we shouldn't suit up and be involved right. in a battle that we know we win. Yeah. Yeah. So be assured. Be encouraged. All right. Somebody with a word or something you want to say before we dismiss? First of all, I just want to thank the Lord for, for this week. I've grown spiritually in body way I can do it. And I want to thank God. I got saved back in November 3rd, 2004 on Wednesday night. I know, I know, I know. Amen. Amen to that. In November of 2007, I hired a construction company and got well acquainted with a very old, 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 he had an index finger about 20 foot long. He'd ask me every Sunday or every week, when you come to church with me? No. I got saved three years before. No way. Every week. It got underneath my nails. I eventually managed to get myself the Lord managed to get me where I needed. That's the whole long faith Baptist church where I found the seat. I remember about the summer of 08, I got my life dedicated to the Lord. Yeah. Made by myself back at the cross. And every Sunday, that old, 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 old white haired preacher, like that 20 foot finger, he'd always say, either the Lord of all or he ain't the Lord at all. I thought, what in the tarnation more can I do? I don't, I'm doing the best I can do. But you know what he showed me? My righteousness is a filthy rain. And I found out in the scriptures, if I'm going to follow him, I must first deny myself and then pick up the cross and follow him. Yeah. When I started doing that, I learned, just like the epistle Paul writes, I find that when I'm weak, thou art strong. I thank God for that now. Amen. It got on my nerves for a long time. <laughs> yep. But when I got where I needed to be, where God had used me, I'm sure to thank God for the saints of old. Makes me love what I want to say to you. You probably heard it tonight. It says, I pledge allegiance to the Bible. God's holy word. A lamp under my feet, a light under my path. It's words that I hide in my heart. I might not say against God. You know, Tommy, I still leave that today. It's still God of all. Or God of all. You either go serve him or you're not. Yep. And I told the church last night, when you really decide in your soul to let him become an intimate relationship with you, you'll find out who he is. And he's 
real. He's real. He's as real as you want him to be. Amen. All right, someone else. I got saved when I was 28 years old. I'm 75 now, and I still got it. Amen. Amen. Someone else. It got me. Yeah, it got you. Amen. All right. Pray for us tomorrow night. We're going to, we'll have another service, but it will be starting at 6 o'clock, and then uh, we're going to try to share a message with all of our uh, attendees, including the adults. So if you're here and still need to be saved tomorrow night, I hope you'll respond to the Word of God. But pray, help me pray that the Word would have its free course among us. And that every heart that needs to hear it will hear it. Yes. that they'll respond by receiving and uh, that's all we can do we can't save anybody uh, he's called us just to preach the word yes, right. so we'll do our best if you'll pray and let's all be sincere about that and expect God to do what he does so help us pray about tomorrow night's service Amen. Amen. alright any others I thank you for this week after of course some of y'all heard my testimony the other night at the church, and I've only been saved for a little over a month. I actually think I've been saved for 25 years. Yeah. So, it's like it's helping. You see things in a different life when you're actually living. That's exactly right. Amen. 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 And the old hymn says, and I once was blind, but now I'm still Amen. It's that simple. Yeah. Someone else? Mommy, thank you for being obedient this week. Appreciate it. Good. It's been rewarding. You ain't grew a little bit this week. You just ain't been paying attention. Hey, man. Um, by the way, I think everybody, if you wanted copies, I got two left. Okay, they're gone. Is this all Yes, it's just it's just scripture. All it is. You might have to read that. No surprises in there. It's just scriptures. I might be saying. All right. Anybody else?
No, that's David's clock. Yeah, that's David's clock. Now, David was telling me the other night that you preached too long, so he's probably... Okay, get him down. Thank you, Trump. Okay, David. How long have you been a member of this church? I sure appreciate all of you being here, and I'm earnest as I ask for your prayers tomorrow. We're of little strength, and I have no new message. It's all, it's just the same word. But those little hearts that you did, it may be the first time they hear it with their heart. And I'm praying that God will save them. Amen. So help me pray. Be, be praying between now and then. All right, would you bow with us? Lord, thank you for the, your strength this week and for your direction for the precious Word of God for giving us information that otherwise we would be deaf and dumb to truth about the future and the encouragement that we get from knowing that you give us all that we need for this good fight. Help those that are here tonight, I pray, to commit themselves, surrendering fully to this work and this purpose. We know that it's important. We know the hour is late and that our time is short. Help us to be vigilant and sober and willing in every way to fight a good fight. Forgive us where we have failed you and help us, we pray. Move now in the Spirit, God, in the service that the Lord comes tomorrow. If you tarry, you come. We pray earnestly place with your drawing power, that you would touch the hearts of the hearers, that you would protect the ones, God, that, or it's not time for them to hear yet. We just trust you in all of those things that you do it well. We ask you believing as we pray, thanking you as we pray. We ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you for coming.